las heridas que ya daba por curadas con limón, tequila y sal. Una historia repetida, solamente un déjà vu que nunca llega a su final. Mejor me quedo solo y me olvido de tus cosas, de Hello, everyone. My name is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, coming all the way from New York City. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by DubakshataRadio.com, where you can listen to this interview live right now in high quality. Um, and also, people, I want you to know that tonight is a very, very special guest, a person who is not an amazing organizer, not just an amazing promoter, but an amazing friend and a mentor, a person I've looked up to for many years, being a part of his event at the Dallas Bookshelter Festival. We have here the one and only George Elizondo. Hello, everyone. What's up, my brother? Man, it's it's been too long, too long. And, you know, I'm really thankful that I would I can have you on the platform tonight. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I mean, as we've talked as well, George, realizing um, for me, seeing the influence, the impact you've had, especially on the bachata scene, but realizing you are a man of, at a times, very few words, but your impact is so immense. And having you on the platform means a lot because I believe and I know your story and your journey is going to inspire new generation of promoters and organizers. So I'm definitely thankful that we have you tonight. And I definitely can't wait to get started. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, too, just to let you know throughout the interview, if we have some comments, we'll definitely be posting them up. But always, as I start with every interview, I love asking the guests my favorite question in the beginning is, can you tell us, George, who is George before Bakshata? Um, well, it's a very interesting question. I actually um, was a band geek. I, I would love music and I was in band. I played saxophone. It led me to the university where I graduated with a full education degree for uh, music. I was uh, certified from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. Mm. And, and I taught for about three years in the public school system before I dove into dancing and making it a profession. Mm. So then, you know, most people would say, you know, probably most artists that I have here always tell me, oh, you know, dance has always been a part of my life. But I think one thing many artists feel is that music has always been a part of our life. And music makes us do different things, whether it's dance, you know, on a dance floor, whether dance in our seats and dance at home. So during your kind of your childhood years, were you kind of a dancer? Of course, you were a bangy, but um, what 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 type of music were you really into at a, at a younger age? Do not laugh at me, please. <laughs> it's going to be the truth. I'm a very soulful, very uh, romantic. I, I was Kenny G. Kenny G, Dave Paz, saxophone all the way. Um, uh, I studied classical music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what salsa was, cha-cha was, merengue. I didn't know any of that <laughs> until after... Um, after the fact, you know, I, I was more of a, I love that kind of type instrumental music more than anything. And, and, and I didn't dance at all. I was a TV kid. I, I like playing outside. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy where my life took me from one thing to a different thing, but I feel the journey had to begin 
through where I was, you know, music and music moves me. And I use everything I know about music to help me with my dancing. And that's why I think dancing came a lot easier for me because I had a good understanding of music and how it's made and how you create it and listening to it just made sense, you know. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of musicality, understanding the music and then kind of transitioning into dance is kind of a head start as well. So my question is, now with you really being musically inclined most of your life, when did that transition come about? Or what was that moment like when you kind of went to your first dance event? What was that like for you? Um, my first dance event, well, uh, my first, uh, first time I saw salsa was uh, the first time I went to a club. I was actually a, a kind of a geek. I graduated high school really early and I finished university even earlier. I was almost under 20 when I finished university. Wow. And, and I wasn't until like 21 that I go to my first club. I, I really was not a, someone that went out to parties and to life of the party. I was studying on the computer, uh, on the saxophone. And when I went to the club for the first time, I saw this gentleman dancing with a really young girl. And I was like, whoa, look at this older man dancing with this girl. <laughs> he looked fantastic. I don't know what that is. I went up to him and he's like, I'm dancing salsa. Hmm. And he said, I want to learn this. And that's kind of how, that's how I fell in love with dancing is just seeing it in the club one day. Cause other than that, I, I'd never been involved with any of this. And, and, and realizing that you as well as many of our artists that I've had on have said the same thing of you kind of falling in love with salsa and then bachata slowly kind of came after. So you being kind of learning salsa first, so that being your first sight, uh, first introduction, um, what were those initial years really like for you? Because I mean, you know, now really being a novice dancer, understanding and going to events, when did you feel you were ready to kind of take classes? Um, man, like everything in my life, I, I ex like to excel in things. I like to learn things quickly. I don't waste time. Mm -hmm. um, this was like, 2004 in the middle of 2004 and and i asked the man i want to take lessons so i started taking private lessons with him and um and i just started i started learning really fast and and within you know a couple of months i funny enough i saw some videos on his tv and it said casino rueda <laughs> and i said you gamble <laughs> and he's like no no it's not gambling it's okay. a dance it's from it's from uh, cuba it's Salsa dancing together, and I was like, "Can I borrow them?" And I started teaching myself a Casino Rueda from these videos from Renee Gates salsa lovers, and and that's how I accelerated my learning. And then at some point, I said, "I need to go out to Miami and start learning this from the people that I'm learning from in the videos." Mm. And the reason I'm giving you all this feedback is because um, I was a beginner. I was only dancing for about a year and a half, but I I put hours and hours and trained yeah. and trained and taught myself there was no youtube at the time this was yeah. actual vhs or you had to go in person to learn and within a year and a half um i started teaching people because i've always felt because my whole life i felt i've been a teacher whatever i excel in i teach someone and i guide someone and that's how i mentor people and and that's how i get better at what i do yeah. and so that one and a half years that I was a beginner, I was teaching other people and I was mastering my concepts. And in a year and a half, I was a professional bachata instructor and there was nobody on the planet that could tell me otherwise because there was not another professional bachata instructor in the world. So, well, <laughs> not in the world, but in the US, nobody wanted that title. Nobody cared to be a professional. So nobody fought me on that. All the salsa instructors that I knew, the most famous ones, they're like, go for it. We're proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> But if I would have tried to say I'm a professional salsa instructor in a year and a half, they all would have shot me down and told me, stop doing that. You don't know enough. Mm. But because nobody cared about bachata, uh, they let me continue. But luckily, I I have a very good essence of being a teacher, uh, learning, understanding my concepts, transferring the information. And, yes. and I'm lucky I was blessed because I took something that some people would have been looked down upon their communities like you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And they encouraged me, and luckily I was able to pull through and make a difference, even with such little training. Um, but that's the truth. If you have passion and the drive, you can get anything done. Absolutely. And 
as I said before, we'll have comments coming in. For example, Mr. Brian Lay here saying, George Elizondo is a living legend and absolutely love him. I definitely second that, Brian. Um, and realizing too, as you kind of uh, expounded on, now my question is, when did bachata come into your life? How was how did that happen? What was the initial moment or event or teacher you like just really took you in? Um, well, I live in McAllen, Texas. It's on the border right now. We're all over the news if you're listening about the migrants crossing over. Um, so where I live, we're very fortunate. We've always had four to five Caribbean bands. So when I started going out dancing, I started realizing like, wow, we have so many live bands and they were playing salsa, they were playing cha-cha, they were playing cumbia, merengue, and then there was something, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what to do with this music. And um, some gentleman named Rudy, uh, he took me on the dance floor and he and my partner, Marisa, he showed us a couple of steps and I learned my basic step, my basic turn with him on the dance floor. and. And that was it. I had my side to side, my forward and back, and a turn. And and I was like, I want to do more with this. And this is how I started developing Bachata Fusion. And I just started fusing whatever I was learning. I was learning some, I was learning salsa, I was learning Cuban salsa, I was learning cha-cha, and I just started incorporating whatever I knew because I didn't want to waste all that money. I was learning all these moves. Yeah. I can't throw them into my bachata if I have nothing else to do. And that's how I started developing my bachata because I just started fusing things that I knew how to do and making it work with bachata timing. And I think it's key is that uh, not many individuals can be put in that same position and capitalize on it. What I mean is that, like you said, uh, there was those, we remember those moments when bachata wasn't really a thing. And if somebody kind of said, hey, I'm the instructor, yeah, you can do that because right now the focus at that moment was salsa and bachata was very fresh and very new. It was more taboo in a sense, especially back in DR. But then now actually groups or couples or people who are really trying to educate the masses on bachata was very rare around that time. And, and then for me, understanding your journey, you now traveling, you're educating yourself more and becoming a teacher because that's an added responsibility on top of just being a regular dancer and traveling. So initially, what were those moments like for you being really kind of one of the first bachata instructors in the States? Was the reception immediate or did it really take some time? Um, well, I found bachata as 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 I started my journey in, uh, in 2006, hmm. I did find bachata instructors. There were bachata some bachata teams and um and i got inspired i mean my whole journey uh with bachata took to the next level when i went to the miami casino rueda congress by renee gates and billy fajardo and i saw a company called hips on fire from boston and they developed the concept of bachata and rueda when i had just fallen in love with casino rueda which was salsa yeah. rueda. and i was like holy moly now i can dance with all my friends and we can do stuff together and it's easy to teach people because now the guys just have to listen to me and they don't have to think. And this is like a good way of teaching men how to dance. <laughs> and uh, so as what I started noticing is that there was bachata, but nobody was taking it outside of their niche. So Hips on Fire was in Boston and they were doing a great job in Boston. And, uh, and then I found like Joe Figueroa in Philly. I yeah. found, I mean, I found dancers everywhere, but they were kind of doing it as a, you know what, today let's do a little merengue. Today we'll yeah. do a little bachata. We'll add a little bit of this. But it wasn't like I'm dedicating my whole life to bachata. Hips on Fire were the only ones that I knew of. Hmm. And, and the sad thing is I only got one hour instruction with them in Miami. And I went back home to McAllen, Texas, and I made up my own version of bachata rueda because okay. I only had one hour with them. and I didn't know what else to do. So I started making up my own right now. <laughs> and you're, you're amazing, George. You just, you're, you're able to take things and then make it your own. And I definitely appreciate that because again, it takes a lot, especially as a new artist with kind of a quote unquote new style or fresh style. Because again, so many people are used to salsa on one, salsa on two. You would have your casita rueda, but at these dance events that you're used to and accustomed to even owning and attending, is realizing like, you know, there was that point when salsa was king 
And bachata really, I would say the late 2000s, going into the 2010s, me really looking up my history and realizing then with bachata slowly creeping up, because at certain points there weren't any parties for bachata, the Congresses, I think it was the Sydney Congress that was the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first international event for bachata. And can you kind of give us more information on how that came about and also your involvement within that? Um, well, the festivals, um, the festivals are an amazing thing. You know, um, I was so focused on planting seeds and going from city to city. And I felt my mission was to uh, go to a city and plant a seed and hopefully teach there and someone would fall in love with it. And maybe the promoter or the, the dance instructor there or a student who took the class will continue teaching after I left. And but then I bumped into Rodney and um, Rodney was a was a different kind of person. He he was someone I met that loved to. He had something called Salsa Gang, I believe it was called. Mm. And it was a group and he was the moderator and he had thousands of people in this group and they all love salsa. Mm. And and he's like, he likes gathering people. And I'm and I was someone who just like traveling and inspiring people yes. one yes. by one. So what we did was he asked me, George, I want to do something like they did in Australia. And I said, okay, I'll help you. Do you have the idea? I know the people. So I got all the artists and Rodney put his, he's the one, I, I wouldn't have thought of getting a hotel and putting everyone together, but together it worked really well. And um, and it was great. We, we ended up creating the first uh, Bachata Festival, which was announced with mm. San Francisco Bachata Festival. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm over here touring Asia and in the middle of Asia, he calls me up and says, you know what? Before we run the big one, let's do a little one in Reno. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you want to do another one. Okay, so this one will be in January instead of July. So it'll be before San Fran, yeah. but it'll be the test. And uh, so he got BB involved. So it was DB, me and Rodney. Most people don't know that I was involved with Reno, but it was three of us. BB was in, in Reno. He knew the hotels. Rodney had the big idea and I knew all the instructors. So that festival was quite amazing because it was 80% instructors. It was all the teachers I knew. We all came together and one teacher from, from uh, LA, Alejandro Ray brought a bus of 50 students. Oh my God. And maybe like 20, 30 locals. And that was it. It was mostly just teachers. And, and it was awesome because we finally got all the teachers together mm -hmm. and, um, and I feel that was the most important moment in Bachata for the U.S. because I was able to set some ground rules because some amazing and very unfortunate things happened in that first event. If you'd like to talk about it, we can talk about it. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, we got we to gotta get real here. So, I mean, of course, the first event, but the fact that you understood there were some things that needed to be fixed and, you know, adhered, well, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. Let's, let, let's talk about this because I want people to know. I want people to know why bachata is growing and growing and other dances are not. Mm. And this is what I feel made the difference, in my opinion. Yes. Um, that first event, that first day was uh, heartbreaking for me because I was watching all these teachers that I invited out there that I knew they were doing their own thing. Yeah. But they were all telling the students do this, do this. If you do this, you look stupid. If you do that, you look stupid. Men don't do that. Women don't do this. Mm. And I was like, every hour, every teacher was contradicting each other. Every hour. It was the most painful thing. And I thought, <laughs> this this can't be. We can't yeah. have all these teachers telling each other, the students, that whatever he did the other class, you're crazy if you do that. Men don't move their hips. Uh, you don't, you don't, uh, you know, you know, the bachata movement that looks like you're peeing and hygiene, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't do that. And uh, you don't do this and that. And I was like, I was like, Rodney, we need to have a meeting with all the instructors and we need to tell everyone. And what I felt I had to tell them was this. It's like, I'm doing bachata fusion mm -hmm. and I mix everything I like to do with bachata and I mix it. I'm not teaching traditional bachata. I've never been to the DR. I've never seen a real Dominican dance bachata. I never claim to be teaching yeah. a real thing. 
I teach what I developed and it's easy for me to teach any person how to dance step by step. It's very procedural. I can get anyone to do it. And guys, so what we're going to do now is that everyone's going to go out and teach, but do not disrespect anyone. Do not say anything that's going to disrespect yeah. any other dance. Teach what you're teaching. Let the students be the voice. If they like what you teach, they will do. They will mimic you. They will yeah. copy your style. If they don't like it, well, they don't like it. But do not make another instructor look bad. Do not say this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Because right now we're critiquing each other and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And so what happened is, is that bachata, unlike other dances, I, I hope that we set the tone that time because we had all the major instructors there. And the tone was, is that bachata has no rules. Mm. Now, if you look stupid, you look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we can't fix that. But we're not going to tell you, unlike like salsa, you can't do anything beyond the norm. Salsa has its rules. And if you break those rules, they look down upon you. And it's mm. still to this day, people have a hard time breaking the rules of salsa. But bachata, we've never had that. That's why there's so many styles of bachata. That's why bachata continues to grow because we're going to continue appealing to people in different ways that maybe if it was just one way, yeah. people wouldn't like it. And that's why we continue to grow. And, and funny enough, the music continues doing the same thing. It continues evolving. It keeps on making itself different and it keeps on impacting different people at different times because different artists are coming on and they're like, oh, I like this artist. I yeah. like bachata now. You know, if they never change, if it was only artists from the DR 100%, I don't believe we would be where we're at today. Extreme took it to a whole other route. Yeah. And it happened to fall on the same time as the dance. Extreme came out, Aventura came out, uh, Dominic Martis' great tracks mm -hmm. came out, and, and it just kind of lined up perfectly to move forward. Absolutely. So. And, and before we get into the Dallas Bachata Festival, Another question I have is overhearing you talking about then your trips to Asia and also realizing myself that when it came to art forms like salsa and also now bachata, how in Asia it was so well received. Um, seeing also how the students really took to the teachings, I really appreciate it. So could you give us some, you know, what was those experiences like traveling to Asia and teaching bachata? Um. You know, traveling to Asia was one of the most uh, impactful things that ever happened. You know, I continue to travel there. It's, um, you know, I, I didn't know much about Asia. I didn't know much about the culture. Um, and, and I guess it helped me because all I know is that I take what I do very professionally. I treat students with respect. I, I teach a certain manner that it's very easy for everyone to learn. And I also learned to teach with no words. And so when I ended up going to Asia, I, I, I was always teaching with sound. I was always teaching with, with connection with the student. I'm not afraid to go up to the student and adjust some part of the body to make sure that the movement's correct. Yeah. Uh, some people are afraid to do that. But if, if you're doing it properly and you're using good connection and you're using proper techniques and you're doing it in a safe manner, people will feel comfortable with you. Yeah. And, and and people would tell me, you know, I'm teaching in in, uh, in Beijing and people are like, I didn't think uh, the Chinese would ever dance that close. We don't think the Chinese would have, would have liked these type of movements. But, <laughs> you know, like I'm teaching them how to dance close, how to dance connected, embracing each other. I went to Korea. In Korea, um, you know, they're not a society that shows a lot of emotions back then. That was in 2008. And I was out there teaching them how to dance close too. And, and it was just, you know, it's, it's confidence and it's knowing how to do it in a proper way where yeah. it doesn't feel sexual. It doesn't feel like it's, I was able to break barriers um, mm -hmm. because the way I, I was able to project what I wanted to teach and let them decide if they liked it. And I gave them alternatives. If you don't want to dance it like this, you could do it like this. Yeah. And it still works the same. And it still looks nice, but it's up to you, your comfort level. And these are all things that uh, that help me convey bachata and teach it to 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 cultures I didn't understand. Uh, I went to Thailand, and I was so so just my methods. I'm really strict, very very. Uh, I know what I need to get done. My agenda. I have one hour. I know what I'm going to teach you. It's going to happen. 
we're going to be successful in one hour. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, we've never learned in so much in one hour and we've never had a teacher be so strict with us. And I go, well, everyone did everything. Everyone had a great time. They're like, you did. It's just, they don't, they just, they've never had anyone teach them like that before. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know any better. All I know is these are my systems and this is how I teach. And I have a goal. And as long as I'm focusing on that goal, uh, and for me, my goal is no no person left behind. Yeah. If you ever took my class, you ever were in my boot camp, everyone looked the same. And that's because my methods were tested with thousands and thousands of people. And I was able to get body movement and cool mm -hmm. partner work. And everyone looked the same, you know. And, and it was just me, no man left behind. Because I want to leave an impression so people will continue dancing bachata after I leave. Absolutely. And, and as we get to the Dallas Bachata Festival, right now we're going to take check out a video from one of George's amazing classes with his partner at the time, Summer Sando. Everyone, check it out. Oh man, I mean, this, even before we get into that. Um, so right there, that's that's my salsa and my bachata coming together. That's a yeah. funny thing because I love salsa, and but I love salsa more when I dance it in my bachata. No, and, and it was funny because I remember my first time, uh, that was 2017 and going forward, but realized when I was watching your classes, I'm like, he knows how to just mesh this well. Because there's very few teachers that can, when they call it fusion, can actually fuse different styles together. It's very, you know, people can call it fusion, but when you're actually seeing it in front of you, seeing it work, but also seeing the students um, take hold to it, take heed to it, because like you said, um, you know, making sure everybody's on the same page, everybody's learning, because nothing's worse than teaching something and nobody understands anything at the end of that time. That's one of the worst things I've seen, even as a videographer. But you know, now getting into the event that honestly I have told people is my number one favorite, the Dallas Bachata Festival. Uh, you, the owner for so many years, uh, 10 plus years in a, for a fact, and you know, give us the just understanding of how Dallas Bachata Festival came along and some of your really memorable moments? Um, well, Dallas Bachata Festival came along because um, I wanted something in my state of Texas. I wanted something convenient for everyone in the US knowing that festivals were gonna continue to grow and Dallas is right smack in the middle. And with two amazing hubs, I knew it would be easy for people to come out and get together and dance bachata. And I wanted something that I could control 100% and put my vision, you know, when you work uh, with partners, you know, you have to compromise and sometimes visions aren't the same. So we all now have our own festivals, you know. So when I did Dallas, it was finally my opportunity to uh, organize everything and do everything exactly how I feel should be done. And, and, and it was great because at the end of the day, when I organize a festival, I am focusing on the attendees. And what do I give the attendees? I give the attendees everything that I would like as an attendee. So if I want it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to them. And as an artist, if I want it as an artist, I'm gonna give it to my artist. So I take care of my artists 100% because I've been an artist. I've been, a, I've been someone that spends a lot of money learning at festivals. So I know what I want as an attendee. So I pretty much get the best of all the worlds, bring it together, treat my artists like they're everything to me because if I treat them as good as I can, they will in return bring that positive energy to my attendees and everyone's gonna have a wonderful time. And 
there's nothing better when it feels like a family than just a bunch of people just getting together and dancing. I feel like Dallas is a reunion. That's why this year, yeah. I'm my campaign is welcome back. I missed you and I want you all to come back. I didn't get to see you all last year. So come back to your home, which is a Dallas Bachata Festival. Absolutely. I mean, for me, realizing too early in your story, realizing the relationship of the artists that I've seen for so many years at your event, even go further back to 2008 and beyond when you're talking about Alejandro Ray, who is actually one of my favorite all-time dancers in our scene. Uh, some of the visuals I've had with him, with his lap dance demo with Erica Nicole. Oh man, I mean, have gone, how can I say viral? Uh, I would definitely say is that from my experience of being there from 2017, also to I have to give you, George, your flowers in my case, because you saw what I was, what I did in 2016 at the New Jersey Bachata Festival and me just reaching out to you and just saying, hey, just give me a chance. And you giving me that chance has done so much for me that, you know, 300 visuals later, I mean, and counting what I'm doing for me, you know, you are a big part of my success. Um, trusting me with your work, trusting me with your event. Uh, for everyone that attends, I love everyone there. Every year I go is memorable. Um, and, you know, for me, especially the last year that we were there was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I definitely can't wait for people to go back this year, later this year. And we will play a nice promo for that in just a couple minutes. But a question I have for you is during the Dallas Bachata Festival, was there one specific performance that just like, I know all performances you love, but has there been one or a few performances that still just like linger in your mind? There's so many, but um, I guess the one that touches my heart the most and we still think about it is when everyone came together for Lola. Yes. Our good dear Lola, she passed away and um, everyone came together to honor her. And it was a beautiful moment and it will continue to be one of those uh, moments that stay with me. And man, we've had so many amazing performances in Dallas and and it's just, you know, there's so many to think of at this moment, but if I had to pick one, I think that would be one of them just because it, it brought the family together and we embraced, we honored her and we cherished her on that stage to show her that we miss her. Absolutely, big shout out to the late Lola Monet. Yes. Um, and, you know, at least before we show this nice promo for the upcoming Dallas Bachata Festival, can you kind of give us an understanding on what's new happening with the event? Of course, they're welcoming back, but there is there any more information that we can look forward to hearing soon? So this is what I want to share about Dallas Bachata Festival is that uh, I like to say, and I'm very proud to say this, is that I don't have superstars in my event. And what I mean by that is that um, everyone chooses how to organize their event. They choose how to promote their event, how to present their event to the public. For me, if you've been to my event, you understand that uh, one artist is not going to be my event. If you see an artist on my, on my, uh, my guests, you know, normally I try to invite between 40 to 70 artists. Each one of those is a superstar. They're, they're personally handpicked by me. I've personally seen them. I've spoken to them. I never work with people I've never gone and, and see their work because I want to provide only the best experience. And and my thing is about when you come to Dallas Bachata Festival, you're coming to enjoy the team. And that team is what's going to give you the experience of what Dallas is all about, not just one celebrity that you might enjoy. Yeah. So this is the difference. And and this year, uh, 2021, is going to be a family reunion. It's going to be everyone that's been part of the event past 13 years. I have over 150 artists to pick from. It's really difficult, but I'm going to try to get back at least 50 to 60 of them back so we all can get back together as a family and and give you the experience that you're used to. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to, to this year is just bringing the family back home. Absolutely. And everyone, I want you to enjoy this new promo for the upcoming Dallas Bachata Festival. Big shout out to Elias Travers and his media team. Love it. Check it out.
Gives me freeze. Oh my God. Definitely big shout out to Elias Travers, one of my all time videographers in our scene. Because again, through the power of a lens, you can just bring back so many memories. Um, man, uh, yeah, kind of got me emotional there watching that. Um, and, you know, before we get into our later segment called The Randoms, we have some comments here from the one and only Rod Chata saying, I'm driving now, but I'm just dropping by. And just want to say hello to both of you. Both hey, of you are doing a great job on what you each do, and I love you for it. But he also sends this, George, he will see <laughs> in Hawaii. Plugging <laughs> it. <laughs> to Dallas, and then we take a plane to Hawaii. We got two yeah. events back to back. Absolutely. And also, too, we have here all the way from the D.C. area, the one and only, the legendary Cat Arias saying George is amazing. When I finally got to meet him, it was a dream come true, inspiring in each way, and such a lovely human being. George, yes, you are. And we also have uh, from down south here, the one and only Miss Courtney Matthews, Miss Tereshina herself saying, I miss dancing at festivals. And, you know, George, I just want you to know is that from the videographer standpoint, but also from a spectator standpoint, the reason that I say that your event is one of my all-time favorites is because, like you said, you treat the artists and the attendees with love. Because we understand is that without the attendees, there are no events. You know, without no artists, people are not going to come. But you having the ability to not multitask, but triple task and be able to provide a quality event and making sure every artist is happy. I mean, because evidently, you know, we have so many events over the years, it's hard to distinguish others from, you know, each other. And realizing for you, the one thing I love is that you care for your artists. Most of all, you care for your community. So, you know, really seeing your initiative forward, I'm really proud to be a part of it uh, for so many years and definitely ongoing. I definitely can't wait to head back over there to Texas and make some amazing work, maybe not sleep 36 hours like last time. <laughs> which is crazy, <laughs> but you know, George, you make this event worthwhile and you make people want to come every year. So, you know, us having this discussion tonight is, you know, documentation for years to come that people will know that George Elizondo is a living legend in my eyes and to many people as well. Thank you so much for those kind words. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy working with you, man. Very professional and, and I like working with 
people that are professional, people that have heart, people that are inspired to to move people and inspired to move each other. And mm -hmm. your art shows that you're out there, you know, with your eyes and videotaping it and capturing what your eyes see and putting it on video. Uh, it amazes me watching you at four in the morning. You're like, George, I'm gonna have this video for you so we can show people <laughs> from last night. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's make the experience even better because they can watch the videos from the night before. Absolutely. And as well, before, before we get into anything else, I also do want to give a big shout out to Juan, Ella, and Jason Haynes, the photographers yes. and videographers that we have as well, working with the Dallas Bochata, Dallas Bochata Festival over the years. Also, big shout out to GoLatinDance.com. Please check that out. And now, George, we are getting to our later segment. But before we get started, my question for you, George, is what do you feel would be the outlook or the look of our dance scene going forward? And the reason I ask this is because realizing, especially through COVID, even now in 2021, there are many dancers maybe we knew years prior that during COVID are no longer dancing. I feel like our scene will change. There'll be a lot more people coming in that are different from before. But my question again to you is, what do you feel is the outlook of our dance scene in the future? Um, I think COVID's made us realize everyone saw their life change, you know? So many people's uh, passions might've changed, you know, maybe they decided to venture off to a new type of work, mm -hmm. uh, but but chapter industry, I mean, it's it has so many amazing new talents that if the pioneers decide to settle down and change path, Bachata is going to continue to grow because yeah. people yeah. with amazing talent are, are popping up all over social media. They're getting exposure without even festivals now. They can become a celebrity on social media. Mm -hmm. But what I hope is that us mentors will continue if they decide to teach that they don't become superstars just because they have a million Instagram followers, because we need to make sure wherever is put on stage is there to inspire and push the scene forward and not just have celebrities you can take pictures with because our scene's not gonna go anywhere. And and I'd like to value my festival as building the scene because I think Dallas has a tremendous scene. And But yeah. that's because the Dallas scene I make my personal choice, I make my event affordable. The reason I make it affordable because my main goal is not make money, it's to educate the people. And yeah. to educate the people, I need them to feel $100 and they get everything. It's amazing, I'm gonna pay the $100 because if I just buy passes, it's gonna be $50, $50 more, I have access to everything. And three, four, five extra classes, well, that's a lot better than someone not taking classes, I'm already good enough. Then they'll never get any better. Yes, so, yes. So we got to just make sure that there's people with the talent. We just got to make sure that those people are ready to lead because that's going to make the difference. If they're leading and setting the way, we're going to continue growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spoken like a true leader. And here we have one of my also favorite DJs from the Texas area, Mr. DJ Jose. DJ Jose. <laughs> saying you are the best person I've worked with and the best promoter I have had the opportunity to work together for years. I mean, spoken from experience and as well, here we have a woman that I admire and I've known for many years, the one and only Ruby Rivera from the Texas Salsa Congress. Big shout outs to Texas here. And you know, now George, we are at our last segment called The Randoms. Through everything we've talked about, we come to this point where I found 10 questions we can learn maybe a little bit more about George. Uh, so George, all I need to know is when you are ready. I'm ready. All right, George, if you could have one meal right now, what would it be? Korean ramen. Ooh. That's what I want. Uh, uh, kimbap. Yes. And mayonnaise, oh my God. Oh my God, oh man, we, we definitely have to, <laughs> Next time I come to Texas and Dallas area, I got to get some Korean barbecue. And I need, I need you to show me the way. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next question. If you could be at an event right now and you can only have one follow to dance with, who would that be? Oh, my. <laughs> um, I'd love to dance with uh, 
Camille Yanatuano, my my first partner that toured the world with me. Summer mm -hmm. Summer was uh, my first U.S. partner, and then Camille. You know, I was very blessed, by the way. I've the the only reason I am where I am is because. Uh, I had so many amazing people, but I can count four people that, you know, to, it's hard to say this, but to be honest, to get better, you need a partner and you need someone you can trust and be, and just let yourself be who you are and fall, get up, fall, get up and have that right person elevate you up. And I had that. And, um, one of them was Marisa. She's, a uh, She's a Marisa Wong. She's my first partner. She's on all my DVDs. So if you had my original DVD series, Learning to Dance Bachata, she's on them. And uh, me and her developed Bachata Fusion here in McAllen. And then I had Summer Sando. And Summer and Sando toured the U.S. helping me. Summer knows how to explain things to this technical capability. I cannot. <laughs> she knows how to explain <laughs> all the muscles and how the bone works. I speak in very simple terms so I can reach the masses and summer can reach those people that understand that higher level of understanding and reach them to the point where they understand specifically what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And then I found uh, Camille and Camille, I don't know if you met Camille Yana Twano. No, I haven't. Uh, she's from San Diego. She dances with Michael Saltos. She was a tango dancer, salsa dancer, cha-cha dancer, swing dancer. She had a partner for each dance. And then I found her and I made her my bachata partner. And uh, <laughs> man, me and her took bachata and bachata tango all over the the world. It was a pretty amazing. I would love to dance with her. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. So man, I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. I could see her bring back a lot of memories. All right. Next question is George, we know you've traveled the world, but what is one destination you haven't been to yet? Egypt, I really want to see the pyramids. I really want to be part of their Latin festival there. Mm. Um, I'm waiting for the day to, to see the great pyramids in person. Absolutely. And we got here all the way from LA, Amoy, Luis Alberto yeah. saying George <laughs> is a great person. Absolutely. Big shout out to Luis and Jess out there on the West Coast. All right, next question. Who is your favorite Star Wars character? I got so many uh, right now, Mando. Um, if you saw today, I, f I found a little bank at Best Buy. Yeah. And it was awesome. The girl there, like, we didn't even know these came out. I saw it online. Uh, I love my Star Wars. I love my Batman. I, I collect I collect a lot of figures. And today's May the 4th, so loving it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, next question is, George, what is one of the most embarrassing moments you have had performing or teaching? Good Lord. Um, you know, I've had the privilege to take bachata all over the world. And one of the, okay, so here's something that many people don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a shy person and you know this. Yeah. But um, bachata wouldn't be where it is if the George you know now was a George in 2006. Uh, in 2006, I was a different personality. I knew what had to get done. I knew what I needed to do to, to make bachata something. And yeah. in 2006 to 2010, I was different, George. And what I had to do when I went to every city and every country, I mean, I went to Europe, to so many places, and especially in Europe. When I went to Europe, oh, man, I had to prove myself. And what my situation was in every city that I got invited to, I would tell the promoter, find me anyone you like or put me on the floor and I'll say who would like to dance with me. And I would do a demo with a person I've never met. And that's what I would do. Literally just go on a dance floor. And I, my, my calculation was if the girl has the, the nerve to come on stage with me, then she should be at least intermediate advanced. Nobody <laughs> was going to walk to the center of the stage. So that was already kind of like my, my, my ingenious idea, mm -hmm. but I would have to perform with people I've never met before. And I would do this to show the students that I am here to help you and look at me. You know, I'm not from here. I'm from the U.S. I'm dancing with one of your own. Yeah. I'm calling her to come onto the stage with me at this very moment. And I'm going to dance a whole song to show you what my bachata looks like. 
Mm. And I did this everywhere. And one of these moments was in Argentina, Buenos Aires. And um, oh my, I went into a club called Azucar. There's two Azucars. I went to one of them. And uh, funny enough, I walk in there. They have my DVDs for bootleg for 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Edie wouldn't be happy. Super Mario wouldn't be happy. Man, that's my DVD right there. Uh, wow. And uh, the gentleman, I looked at him, I pointed at him, I was like, he's like, oh, that's you, Elizondo. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then he's like, you need to perform. Will you perform for us? <laughs> while bootlegging like, your DVD. While bootlegging my DVDs. It's okay. Uh, I know I was helping people out. And um, so I ended up dancing with a lady there that they paired me up with. And I ripped my pants. Wow. Wow. And I thought I was being real sly. I heard when they ripped. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm going to face this way. It's in the behind. Yeah. And I did the whole dance with just facing the audience without moving very much. And when I was done, I dipped her. I bowed. I walked away. I realized there was a mirror behind me the whole time. Wow. <laughs> so uh, they saw my, whitey, my white underwear. But <laughs> That probably was the most embarrassing thing, but I acted as if nothing happened. The show had to go on, and they they were happy with what I did because you know what? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I I'm gonna I was happy because people came out. I did a boot camp. I did a five hour boot camp in Buenos Aires. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you out of that boot camp, we got a world bachata champion, Marcelo in Berlin. Mm. They were my, he was my bachata baby that day. And that was awesome. His first bachata class was with me, and he's become a world champion like three times. And and three schools developed out of that that one class that I did that that weekend. Three schools developed after I left, and now Argentina has one of the biggest scenes of bachata in the world. And I like to think that maybe I had something to do with it. <laughs> I think you definitely had something to do with it. A little modest, but you know, you you definitely have influenced a on a global scale. And I can definitely say say that because even listening to you, you taking that initiative to travel to put yourself out there, to put yourself in those positions. So definitely everything that's been happening or everything that's happened since then is definitely warranted. Next question is, when you're dancing, honestly, do you prefer partner work or do you love just breaking down a nice footwork section? I'm not letting you go. I have no footwork. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere, I'm sorry. <laughs> just to let you know, ladies. Ladies or follows, George is not, we're, we're not breaking sections, we're, we're there. We're there to start to finish. I know when to, if it's salsa, I know when to let the girl do her thing and I will give her her space. But bachata, bachata is more of a connection dance and uh, so there's, there's no, there's less reason for me to let go. So uh, definitely, but I will, I do a lot of, you know, hold one hand, I'll do what I want to do a little bit and give her an opportunity to shine. And, and of course, you always should do that, but I'm not someone that's going to let you go. And okay, I'll see you in about 30 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, <laughs> we know people like that. I definitely <laughs> know people like that. We'll let the person go for a whole minute and show off and do their thing. Uh, so I definitely appreciate your honesty and transparency. Next question, and this should be interesting. George, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, I don't know. Go back in time, I think. I think that would be awesome if I can go back in time and, and do things that I know now that could have helped things for the future, you know? I think that's what I like. Nice. To be the flash, to go fast enough to go back in time. How about that? <laughs> awesome. So right now, next question is, can you give me three bachata artists that you can just think of off the top of your head that just like they wow you every time you see them. Dominic Marte, he's been a personal friend of mine. He's love his music. Um, Mr. Don and Johnny Evidence, these two artists I listen to every day when I go walking every day now, and it's just <laughs> love their voices. They're 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 growing on me tremendously. Uh, but Dominic is still my number one. <laughs> All right. Second before last question is. What is a special talent that you have many people wouldn't know you have? Special talent. Um, 
I know how to get reward points, so I travel for free all over the world. <laughs> yes, that is a fact. And I'll tell you this, another great thing you have is the ability to help others, especially during this pandemic. I have to give you a big shout out because you've been helping a lot of small businesses, especially dance studios, dance directors with their space. So definitely shout out, shout out to you because you know how to find the deals and you know where to find the loans. You definitely know where to help people out. And again, we really do appreciate you. And now it brings us to our last question. And this one I love asking, and it goes like this. If you're on an island and granted there is no Wi-Fi, what are three items or things you would have to have with you? My saxophone. Uh, probably a basketball and some sort of a book where I can learn something. Those are the All right. Well, basketball took me for a surprise. So I guess if we could find a basketball court in, you know, near the hotel next time, we, we definitely got to get some some playing time in. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, George, I really thank you for doing this segment. I love doing it at the end because it helps me get a little bit more information and learn also a little bit more about you. And, and now we're actually at the conclusion of our discussion tonight. And George, from start to finish, I've just appreciated, again, the, the two words that I constantly say is honesty and transparency. You know, letting me know, letting the audience know really about your journey, um, understanding how musically inclined you were and how that experience really helped your transition into dancing. First you loving salsa, then bachata just kind of taking over, as they say. Um, and realizing years later, your effort and determination turned you from just a novice dancer to an instructor, and now to a legendary owner, organizer, and promoter. Um, and honestly, me having this platform was meant for people like yourself because I feel for so many years, our dance scene is just filled with videos of performances, but people don't get to understand the people behind these events and the artists beyond just the stage. So. You know, I've been really thankful tonight that I have you on. Again, I do see you as a friend, but also a mentor because, you know, you've you've pushed me in the right direction and helped me build my success. And, you know, before we go, I'd love to know if you have any last few words to myself in the audience, but also contact info on what people can look forward to next. Well, it was a pleasure for to be here with you. Um, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, you know, I kind of get lost in the in the midst of this bachata world. I prefer being in the background and bringing these events for people, and and I like helping people grow. So I like being a mentor there in the in the background. You know, helping the scene grow without actually being there. Um, you can reach out to me if you'd like to to learn more about me. Uh, it, you can go to my website, DallasBachataFestival.com. I'm working on updating my bachatafusion.com and my bachatageorge.com and going to probably make a resource for bachata tango. Um, so I have a lot of projects on the works right now. I'm trying to trying to come back uh, stronger for 2021. Things that things kind of went down in 2020 and I'm trying to recreate everything, rebrand everything so I can bring more information and help people grow. Like there's a big audience for Bachata Tango right now. Yeah. And I have a, a promoter in Spain who's really pushing it. So I'm hoping to maybe collaborate with him and bring more Bachata Tango just in case some of you that are still interested in that. Mm. So so read out, uh, check out Dallas Bachata Festival. Uh, I'm going to be updating it slowly and slowly. I Hopefully by July, I'll have the full event fully organized so you can see what's going to happen. And by August, uh, I will have all the details for the event, all the COVID protocols will be listed. And I am super excited to uh, see everyone and invite you to Dallas, to our Bachata home, and please come out. And I'm telling you, you're gonna have a great time. I'm gonna do my best to make it as safe as possible. And I just look forward to, to being around everyone again. Absolutely. I thank you, George, from the bottom of my heart for coming on. You've been so inspirational to many, as you've seen in the comments, but you know, you've done so much for so many people, and I'm glad that I've had this opportunity to have this conversation, and I'd love to catch up with you uh, later on this year, especially closer to the event time, and really get really the inside scoop on things and give people what they want. So, you know, I really thank you, George. I thank everyone for tuning in. 
This is episode 117 of the yes. Live Discussions with Diamond podcast. Before we go, I have to give you also a big shout out because you were the one that got me this amazing flyer that I will be bringing with me when I see you again. So, yes. <laughs> you know, George, thank you again for everything you do. Uh, like Brian Lay said in the beginning, you are a living legend and you mean so much to our community. And everyone, I will see you there at the Dallas Bachata Festival 2021 later this year. Everyone October 14th through the 17th, save the date. October yes, 14th through the 17th. Absolutely, October 14th through the 17th, 2021, later this year, Dallas Bachata Festival 2021. Everyone, have a good night and stay safe. Bye.